0: Hey everybody, welcome to the World Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that this message blesses you, inspires you, and more than anything, helps you grow in your relationship with Jesus. For more information and resources, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. All right, let's turn in your Bibles if you would. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Let's have a good time. Amen? How many come to church to be sad? Just one. Steve's pointing to uh, someone over there. Oh, here's, okay. We're going to pray for you. <laughs> uh, isn't God good? The Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. I'd like to repeat that. The joy, <clears throat> say the joy, the joy of, the Lord of the Lord is my strength. Is my strength. I, I just need to repeat this again because uh, maybe people aren't getting that in their heart. But I'd like you to repeat after me. The joy, the joy of, the Lord of the Lord is my, is my strength. strength. What's your strength? What is the antonym of joy? Sadness? Doesn't that pump you up? Remember that song that was in my heart this morning, the old song? If you want joy, you must ask for it. Remember those? We, we had those 70 songs. I should get my guitar or the keyboard. If you want joy, you... I'm not going to get there. I'll start playing it and then, uh, you know, people will be crying and make it stop. The joy, say joy, joy, of the Lord is my strength. And when we have faith in God, we have joy. If you have joy, you have faith. So I'd like you to repeat after me. The joy, joy. Of, the Lord of the Lord is my strength. My strength. Amen. I'd like you to practice that at the gas pump. You should be pumping that gas going, if you want joy, you must clap for it. Remember that? You know, we we loved those old songs and you know, we would like really get down. We we're like crying and we we're dancing and uh, you know, it had like like 10 words and three chords and But God moved on that stuff. If you want joy, how many want joy in your life? That's right. God is a God of impossibilities, right? God is a God of impossibilities. I'd like to go to James 5.16. I can't get off this thing. I, I detoured for a few months. And then I felt like the Lord said, I want you to get back on that because there's some things I want to do yet this year. There's some things that need to get planted in hearts. You know, humanists say that we're just a, a mass, a blob that we're born, and we have no purpose, we have no destiny, and when we die, we just vaporize. Or we can believe, and not just use the term loosely believe, but we can know that I was, I, was, uh, I was born, I was saved, my life was transformed, I am filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, I have faith in Almighty God, and when I pray, heaven moves. Amen? We have tremendous power as a Christian. We have tremendous power. As a Christian, and when we begin to see that, and I know there's a lot of people here that are prayer, prayer warriors and you have faith for things, but you can't help but be over flooded with joy when you begin to see the reality of what is possible when we have faith in God. James 5.16, this is the Amplified. Therefore, confess your sins to one another... Some you probably won't want to hear. Therefore, confess your sins to one another, your false steps, your offenses, and pray for one another that you might be healed and restored. Say amen to that. Amen. The heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man, a believer, can accomplish much when put into action and made effective by God. It is thy dynamic and can have tremendous power. When the Bible says on the day of Pentecost, it said that that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and it talks about the the power of the Spirit that came on that day. And we hear many times, I've used the expression, it means dynamite power, Um, but actually it, it means a divine enablement A divine enablement came upon your life that is not natural. How many have the divine enablement on your life? Amen. I do. Many of you do. Amen. I'd like you to go in your Bibles to Acts 27. This is a great story. Acts 27. The Lord was speaking to me about this. Acts 27. How many have ever been through a trial? How many are living a trial? <laughs> Acts 27. Don't you love the book of Acts? You have the Gospels, it talks all about Jesus. How many know that, that the words of Jesus are for you and they're for us today. Every word that Jesus spoke, every word has power for us today. Amen? I don't care if he was speaking to men or women. The concepts that he was speaking, I don't care if he's speaking to Jews or Greeks or whoever, the words that he spoke were life and liberating, and they apply to us today just say amen. amen. He, he really knew what he was doing. All right. Acts 27. Here it is, Paul, the apostle. He gets saved. You remember that whole thing on the road to Emmaus? No, the road to Damascus, the Damascus road. One of those. That's why I have a GPS. You ever Go on a trip, and then you get in a construction area, and then it's like not good at all. It's like detours, and it's like telling you off. It's like, what is wrong with you? I said a left. I, I, I bought the angry version. So Paul has this encounter with Jesus, and he has this encounter with Jesus, and he's transformed And then he begins to work with Barnabas, and he's discipled. How many know that it's important that we disciple people? Um, It's important that we win people to Christ, but the work comes when we have to disciple people. And people need to be matured, they need to, I'm sorry, they need to mature, they need to grow, they need to be strengthened until they have dynamic faith in Christ. And then they get to do that for another person. So Paul is mentored by Barnabas, and it's Barnabas and Paul, Barnabas and Paul, Barnabas and Paul, until one day uh, Paul, or Saul, begins to mature and grow, and God begins to breathe on his ministry and begins to uh, raise him up. And then, from then on, they're referred to as Paul and Barnabas. Sometimes a shift happens, right? Sometimes a shift happens. It does. And as Paul is on his journey, he's very submitted to the other apostles. How many know that it's important to cross-pollinate? That's right. We love to cross-pollinate. We're part of the IMA, and there's wonderful men of God in there. And it's good to cross-pollinate, to bounce things off each other. And we're part of Bethel, right? And World Harvest, and and we believe that it is, the body of Christ is bigger than just one church. Amen? There's a church in, the you know, in, I don't know, California, that God is really moving on them in healing. But there's one over in uh, Atlanta, that God has given them a revelation of fasting and prayer. And then there's one over in Washington that God is moving on the Father's love. And there's one over in Florida that God is teaching them faith. And if we only listen to one source all of our life, we're going to augment into something God never designed. We need the full body of Christ. Amen? Just say amen. We do. So Paul is submitted to the other apostles. And Peter even gets out of line once, and Paul gives him a big old kick in the backside. Peter! The Apostle Peter. I am Peter. Do not touch me. (laughs) Whoa! (laughs) And Peter repented quickly. All of a sudden, he realized that he was getting off. And the love of God was that Paul loved him enough to bring correction. Isn't that good? We need the whole body of Christ. Now I want to say something else. We need each other. That's why cell groups are so great, to have people that are mentoring us because we don't have all the answers. Amen? You ever sit down with a Christian and, and, uh, you know, you're just having lunch, and then all of a sudden they start sharing something to you that God's been speaking to them, and it just burns a hole in your heart. It's like, oh, that was so good. We need the whole body of Christ. Amen? All right. Well, let's get back to our story here. So Apostle Paul is being mentored, and then we see that he enters his ministry, and uh, he's traveling around the world, and he suffers a lot of persecution along the way. That was part of the prophecy over his life, that he would encounter a lot of things. But he kept Christ first. And God continued to heal him and raise him up every time something would happen. And he had tremendous stories, and God used him in tremendous ways. And, and so he goes through this whole thing, and we see this. He gets arrested, and then we end up... Now, that was a very quick summary of the book of Acts. Uh, you can get the full version online for 1995. dollars bobpittman.com. Um, Just kidding. All right, so we get here in this story, and he was arrested, and now he's on a ship. And this ship, uh, some of these ships were really, really huge. The grain ships at that time were really a magnificent sight. We think of, you know, back 2,000 years ago, they didn't have much technology, but they did have some very uh, amazing skills at that time. And one of the things that they did is they built these amazing ships. They could haul uh, in a, an enormous amount of grain from one port to the next. Some of the ships could carry up to 350 passengers. That's not some little toy boat. So you would think Paul is a prisoner now on this ship, and they're going to take him off, and they're going to bring him uh, to Rome. So he's going on all this journey, and as he's going, here's the Apostle Paul. He's a man of faith. He fasts, he prays, he knows God, he hears the voice of God. He's been a respected father in the faith to so many people. Here he is on this ship. He's a prisoner. He's chained. A lot of times on these ships, if you were a prisoner, you had the opportunity to get a good workout on a regular basis. They had a drummer, boom, 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 and then they would row. Anyways, they're on this ship, and Apostle Paul, the man of God, is down there in the belly of this boat, and storms begin to come. And the Bible says that for many, many, many days, actually weeks, they got caught into storms one after another, and it was devastating, and it was terrible, and you ever been afraid? I mean, have you ever been afraid? I remember Shar and I were on our way to the cities, this is years ago, we were going to a wedding, and tornadoes came through that area, and all of a sudden the sky turned black, and hail began to come out of nowhere, and we literally couldn't even drive the car because the tires were spinning on hail. And this violent wind went through, and we couldn't see anything. And then when this thing passed, like I say, there was so much hail, we had to kind of rock back and forth because we pulled over, and we finally kind of got our our momentum again. And when we got to the place... um, where the wedding was, here they had knocked down trees and all kinds of stuff from tornadoes, and they went right over our area that we were in and couldn't see them, but they were there. How many have ever been afraid? I wasn't afraid because I'm a man. <laughs> I was just seeing if anyone else was bold in their faith. But, but no, that was, a, that was a fearful thing. And we were praying. We were rebuking that. And um, so Paul here is stuck in a boat, helpless, on the ocean, tossed back and forth. Everybody's getting sick, I would imagine. Terrible things are happening. Uh, People couldn't even eat. And after weeks of this, Paul begins to intercede. And he's praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. You ever feel like just giving up sometimes? Lord, I've prayed about this a long time. Praying and praying. Praying about a wandering child. You're praying about uh, finances. You're praying about something. And praying and praying and praying. And that was Paul because he had an encounter with God that changed his entire life. And he refused to give up on God, even in the midst of the worst storm of his life. He's praying. And I love this. I want to get there. You ready? Verse, chapter 27. It's interesting that in the culture of that time, there was a lot of Greek philosophy There was a lot of mysticism in the Greek culture. And a lot of philosophers were considered almost divine in nature. This isn't the Jewish thought. This is the Greek mysticism at the time. So Socrates, those types of things, people believed they had like a gift from God, that they were not a normal human. And one of the tests that the culture gave at that time is if a philosopher is truly gifted, or if a man says that he's a prophet from God, this is the culture at the time, that they will have peace in a storm. When life gets ugly, they'll stay buoyant. Isn't that interesting? We read that story about Jesus asleep in the boat when he was in the storm. Why do you think that was emphasized like that? Because the culture of the day, if he was a true man of God, he would have peace during a violent storm. How many have ever been through a violent storm? John Wesley, man of God that back in the 1700s uh, came to America. God used him in tremendous ways. But the way that he truly got saved, the way that he truly met God and received the Holy Spirit was in a storm, in a ship, and he was just a religious man, never knew God, went to college because he had to pick a profession, so he went to seminary, and he's on a ship with these people called the Moravians. Say Moravians. Moravians. And this ship is tossed around back and forth for a long time, and everybody's sick and scared, and they're throwing things overboard. They don't know what to do. And he hears this music and he goes and he searches it out, searches this out, and hears about, oh, I don't remember how many people in the story, maybe 30 Moravians playing a fiddle, singing unto the Lord. And he says, What are you guys doing? And they said, Are you afraid? And they began to teach him about an intimate walk with Jesus Christ and that he can know the Holy Spirit. So when storms come, he can be at peace. He goes back, he finds God, he comes to America, like I say, and the power of God moves tremendously across this nation. How many know that peace is powerful? The Bible says, I think it was in Isaiah, it said that he will be the Prince of Peace. Amen? If you're struggling worrying about finances, just put your hand on your heart and say, I have the peace, prince of peace inside of me. Amen, if you're worried about a situation in your life right now, maybe it's finance, maybe it's relationships, maybe it's a, maybe a change in your life, whatever it is, put your hand on your heart and say, I have the prince of peace inside of me. Say this, I can sleep in a storm. Come on. Do I have faith? Can I sleep in a storm? Yes, I can. You guys awake? All right, we better make some mileage here. You guys are like, what is he talking about today? All this storm stuff. So here's Paul. Many days, weeks in the worst storm of his life. What does he do? He learns to pray because this is so powerful. Watch this. Paul is praying and an angel of the Lord appears to him. How many know that that's a good thing? I want to read in verse 22 here. It says, and now I urge you to take heart. That's a good word. I'd like to say that to all of America. I urge you To take heart. When you see somebody panicking, I'd like you to just tap them on the shoulder and say, I urge you to take heart. They're going to say, Weirdo. But isn't it something when you're around people that have faith in God? The winds can come and blow. The Bible says, If you build your house upon a rock, the winds can come. The winds can blow. And if it's built on on sand, it's going to be destroyed. But if it's built on a rock, I love it when we go through those things. And in my heart, I feel this message of the Lord that just says, hold on. You'll get through this. This will pass. You'll come through on top. Just trust in me. Amen? I love this. And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only the ship. For there, wow, excuse me. (coughs) Should quit smoking. Just kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. I've never smoked. I have smoked the tires quite a few times. We took a motorcycle ride yesterday. Terry, you were there. Who else was there? There was quite a few. my parents were there. Oh, there. Those guys back there. Kathy and Joe, you were there. We had about 30some on a cycle ride um, from Hayward, and really a great time. It was really, really fun. Christians need to have fun, Amen. Amen. We should be the most joyful people on the planet. Amen. Now watch this, 23. For there stood by me this night an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve. He's talking about an angel came, an angel from God, the God of whom he serves. An angel came. How many have ever seen an angel? Few people, all right, maybe. An angel came and stood by me And then it says, saying, do not be afraid. Isn't it interesting whenever God shows up? He says this all the time in the Old Testament and in the New. Do not be afraid. I'd like to speak something over your savings accounts. Do not be afraid. Your retirement accounts. Do not be afraid. Your future. Do not be afraid. You know that the Bible says that you can prosper in times of famine." I am not under the rules that everyone else is under because I have faith in God. I can prosper in days of famine. What does it take? It takes faithfulness to God and obedience. That's it. Faithful obedience to God, and He will cause you to prosper in famine. For there stood by me this night, an angel of the God of whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God will, uh, uh, has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore, take heart, for I believe, God, that it will be just as he told me. What is he saying? This is so powerful. He knew that he was going to go before Caesar. He had a word from God. The thing in his heart more than anything is to go back before Caesar and to give his testimony. And an angel of the Lord appears to him and says, you can't die. You haven't fulfilled God's will. You can't die. He's like, too bad for the others. They never liked Joe anyways. They never liked (laughs) Hank. You can't die. You've got things to do. This is so powerful. So Paul, can you imagine? They haven't eaten. They all probably have been tossed around, people throwing up, hundreds of people on a ship. Can you imagine what it smelled like in there? And Paul has an encounter with God in the midst of the worst storm of his life. The worst storm of his life is when an angel of God appears. You think it's rough? Maybe it's the perfect platform for God to speak to you in a new way. An angel of God appears to him and speaks to him and says, you can't die. Do you get this in your heart? What are the promises that God has given you? You can't die. You got things to do. You got family to win to Christ. You got adventures that God wants you to fulfill yet. You got territory to conquer, amen. You can't die. We need to get some faith in us again. We got some things we need to accomplish. Oh, for there stood by me this night an angel of God, and whom, uh, an angel. Of, of, of the God in whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar, and indeed God has granted you all those who sail with you, not just him, but the entire, the entire, say the entire. Fire. Even people that didn't like Paul, even people that didn't like God, even people that were probably rebellious and annoying but because one man is standing in the gap for them, God saved them all. Tell me that prayer isn't powerful. Isn't that amazing? So Paul comes through this storm, and God gives him a strategy. Say strategy. In the midst of a storm, sometimes you know we want God, like when Jesus came and spoke against the wind and the waves, and they were instantly calm. He does that sometimes. Sometimes He gives you a strategy in the midst of our mess. Maybe you're in a financial mess, and maybe God will go, and it, you'll have a blessing. That's awesome. We've seen that. We were going on mission trips. We were praying and fasting, believing God, and God sent money to cover the entire bill. That was a nice day. Sometimes He'll give you a strategy in the middle of your mess, but either are golden. Amen? It's like, give me a path and I'll take it. Give me a path and I'll take it. I don't care how hard it is, I'm going to take it. Because if it's going to take me out of the mess, it's worth it. Amen? God has a message in the middle of your mess. Amen? And so Paul was given a strategy and he said, if you will do what I tell you to do and run the ship aground, He said, not one person, not one hair on their head will be lost. And so Paul, interesting on this peace thing again, because everybody's panicking and there's commentaries on this and it's really interesting because Paul was not panicking and when Paul is under peace and looks confident, the entire ship was listening to his words In the midst of a chaotic time, uh, when you are not panicking and you have faith and confidence, the world is listening to your words. When you're at work and people are worried about finances and they're worried about inflation and they're worried about everything and you're saying, man, this is good coffee. (laughs) They're looking at you like, are you insane? You're like, no, I just know in whom I trust. Amen? Amen. When the world is panicking and you are at peace, the world is listening to you. And the Bible says that they listened to him and they, even the centurion soldiers, did exactly what Paul said to do. He's a prisoner and now he's running the whole thing. Why? Because a man that has a word from God, a man that has confidence, a man that has faith in God, can outdo a storm, and God can elevate him in the midst of a terrible time. And God elevated him. They ran the ship aground. They all made it to shore. And then the Bible says that they were cold. They made a fire, and a viper bit him, and he died. That's this newer translation. No, what happened? What happened? It says that he fixed some branches and he took out his big lighter and he lit the fire there. Some Coleman fuel was put on there, white gas. Remember that? Everybody used to buy white gas for their Coleman lanterns. And the Bible says that he lit that fire and a viper came out and he bit him. Now, he just got done with a storm. He's like, I made it ashore, and now I get bit. I'm going to die. No, he didn't say that at all. The Bible says he made this, you know, they're cold. You ever been cold? You live in Wisconsin. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine? You know, they're just all wet, and they're cold. And they're trusting him. He's actually making the fire. Isn't it interesting that Paul is still in charge? This is how you make a fire. Makes a fire. This scorpion or this viper jumps out, bites him on the wrist. The the people from the island were watching him. And when the viper bit him, they said, this must be... I can't remember the exact wording, but they believed that he was a sinner, a, a cursed man or something, because the viper chose him. But an angel of God stood before him the night before and said, You can't die. What overpowers you? The wind and the waves? or the word of God? What keeps you in the middle of a storm? The promises of God or what life looks like? When your kid goes astray and you don't know what to do, are you going to claim the scriptures? Are you going to claim the promises of God even when you're not seeing it? And you're going to stand in faith and the wind and the waves are going to come but you are confident and you are joyful because God knows how to bring them home. Amen? Just say amen. See, what what is overpowering you? The wind and the waves, inflation, or the promises of God? My God shall supply all my needs. Amen? Wow. I hope this is hitting home. There's a viper hanging on his arm. I think Paul, being who he was, was probably a little dramatic. He's like, oh, a viper. Everybody look. Is this a bad one? Red eyeballs, diamond-shaped eyeballs, venom flying all over. And he chucks it off and throws it in the fire. And they changed their story now. Instead of saying that he's a cursed one, they say that he must be a man of God. And it says the village came to Jesus. If we weather our storm and keep faith, when we're done, we're going to win many people to Christ through our testimony. Just say amen. Amen. If you want a testimony, you have to go through a test. All right. I think it was Chris Vallotton said, if you want to testimony, you need a test, then you get the money.. <laughs> I only got the 0 point one on here <laughs> Acts 27, take heart. Say take heart. take heart. I'd like you to look at someone in here next to you, tap them and say take heart. I'd like you to say this, you're coming through the storm, you're going to shake off the viper and you're going to use your testimony to win the area to Christ. Just say amen. Come on. If the anointing got any stronger in here, angels would bring out brats. <laughs> Paul's faith in prayer was heard in heaven, and God released an angel. We, Jesus, the Bible says, is touched by the feelings of our infirmities. When we pray in faith, it moves heaven. When we stay persistent in faith, we get answers. We need each other, amen? That was another point that I made. We need each other. When we're going through storms, we need each other even more. It's good for men and women to bear their soul and say, hey, I'm hurting, I'm struggling. Would you link arms with me and help me pray through this storm? Because I need to have that faith explosion on the inside that says, Take heart. Amen? Take heart. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know. But I want to say a word from the Lord today. It's this Take heart. Take heart. Take heart. It ain't over it's going to get better, it's going to get bigger, and it's going to get exciting. Amen? Amen. It's interesting that Paul made it, stood before Caesar, preached the gospel, and later in his life we know that um, he was martyred, but he fulfilled the call of God on his life. God answered his prayers. God was with him. God sustained him. God provided for him. He'll do the same for you and I. Amen? I'd like somebody to come up on the keyboard if they would. (laughs) Sam, if you would play the keys. I don't like storms. But I've been through enough in my life that they don't bother me like they used to. Amen? I'm serious. I don't think anymore, like, oh, it's over. I just think, how is the Word of God going to lead us this time? And if... We follow the direction of God. He always, 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 always leads us into victory. Amen. I just feel like this word is like God wants to release this this passion this it's like the word that i have in me like paul had a faith explosion when that angel appeared he's like hey we're getting through this baby come on we're getting through this and he had a faith explosion on the inside it was like i don't care if i haven't eaten i don't care if i've hit my head on this rocking ship 55 times i don't care i'm coming out of this thing and i'm coming out on top and i'm gonna win a village to christ and then i'm gonna go to caesar he had a faith explosion on the inside. I'd like you to stand up. God wants to release a faith explosion on the inside. And maybe you're good. Maybe you're just like, man, I'm, I'm at the top of the mountain. Then you need to pray for other people. Amen? God wants to give us a faith explosion on the inside to start shaking off the vipers. Amen? Amen? God called you, and there are promises in His Word, and He's going to pay for college, and He's going to do those things He's promised you that He will do. Amen? We're going to have a faith explosion on the inside. Let's just wait on Him for just a moment. Thank you, God. Wow, you're so good. Oh. Come on, just wait on him for just a moment. If you feel that, put your hand on somebody next to you. Wow. Destiny is written over your heads. Colleagues, provision, Assignments. love that scripture. It says the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Amen. Amen. The gates of hell can't even prevail against the church. Restoration of finance, restoration of vision, restoration of passion, restoration. You will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Amen. You're going to cast out demons You're gonna see visions. You're gonna experience prophetic encounters. Thank you, God, for your visitation here today. Thank you, God, for a faith explosion. We're just shaking off right now any viper that's tried to take us out, any viper, anything that's tried to set us back, any emotional viper, any life viper that has come shake that thing off right now God wants to teach you a new way of living not a life of fear but a life of faith if you're going to go into a business venture I want to give you a word from the Lord that you can trust in him there is there is confidence in Christ amen you can trust him with your finances you can trust him with your family faith explosion put your hand on somebody come on let's pray that we just shake off we break off all vipers everything and Lord we pray for a release of faith to a new level New new levels of faith 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 Lord we pray for confidence to come we pray for confidence to come New levels of faith. That's right. We're going to shake those things off. We're going to shake those things off right now. We're going to shake those things off right now. I need the ministry team to come up here. Just keep praying. Ministry team, come up here. In the name of Jesus, shake those things off. For God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind that makes perfect sense when we have faith in Christ. For God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power. There's somebody here that is praying for a child. I see it, uh, not a child, uh, they're a little bit older, but you're praying and the Lord says, I have heard you, I have heard you, and I have heard you. Stay in faith and watch me move. There are things that you don't see and I'm moving pieces on the chessboard that you don't understand. Stay in faith and watch me move. I don't know who that's for. If you need to shake a viper off and get back into faith, get back into joy, get back into confidence, I want you to come forward and God's going to begin to tear those things off and set you free. Amen? God wants to give you a faith explosion this morning. He is able. He is able. Just go ahead and come up. And then we're going to dismiss in prayer. Just go ahead and come up. Just go ahead and come up. God is moving right here. Just go ahead and come up. We're going to dismiss in prayer. I feel this really strong. God wants to set some people free. He wants to take you out of your pit. The Bible says in Psalms 40, it says, I waited patiently on the Lord. I cried to him. He took me out of the horrible pit and out of the miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock and he established my steps. Many will see it and hear. That's the testimony. Amen? Okay, one more time. You can come up after we pray if you want. But Father God, put your hand on somebody again. We pray for this church that you would... Let us grow and reach the area. Let us be men and women of faith and confidence in the day we live. I pray for a release of faith upon the congregation and upon those at home. I pray for a new day, a new faith explosion, a new freedom to trust the word of God. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we pray that the people here would be blessed and go home and enjoy life. Win your friends to Christ. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any new messages. To learn more or to get connected with us, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. God bless you all, and we'll see you next time.